All right, Mickey here with an advert for BetterHelp Therapy Online. You all right? Such a small question and sometimes such a big question too, eh? Now, regular listeners will know I am no stranger to depression and while over time and with the help of some decent counselling and brilliant friends and family, I've established a toolkit to help when the constantly dripping tap of life gets a bit too much. That does not mean I am a stress-free human rainbow skipping through meadows. I mean, who is? We all carry around different stresses, big and small, and sometimes we can deal, and sometimes it's much harder to cope. Life, innit? Right now, I have a teenage puppy to deal with, and although I love her very, very much, she can be a lot. There, said it. And as quick a fix as it seems to say, I'm fine, I'm fine, and push it all down into the big inside box and put that lid on. For me, that hasn't been a great long-term solution in that if I don't get it off my chest, it will at some point come bubbling up and it's never been one to pick its moments in a good way. I find talking means I can avoid it exploding out of me like a messy emotional volcano all over my nana's carpet. Also, during my various times in talk therapy, I discovered that saying something out loud or writing it down can make it seem much more manageable than allowing it to swirl around and grow ever bigger in my head. If you're thinking of starting therapy, Give BetterHelp a try. I've found knowing how to reach out is sometimes the toughest bit, but BetterHelp is entirely online. Boom. Which means it couldn't be easier. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a registered therapist, then work your sessions around your schedule. With more than a thousand therapists in the UK already, BetterHelp can provide access to mental health professionals with a wide variety of expertise in mental health. Standard issue listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash standard. That's betterhelp.com slash standard. There were three ordinary women on what seemed like a simple mission to find a film they liked. One where women got something to do and not just look pretty or be murdered. Which, to be totally honest has complicated matters a bit. Welcome to Flicking. Yes, it sounds a bit rude. That's the joke. Hi, Hannah here. Welcome to Flicking, our monthly bonus podcast in which one of us puts forward one of our favourite films into the court of public opinion on this week's jury. We have Jen. Hello. Unusual to see you here on Flicking, Jen. Nice to have you. Thanks very much. Nice to be here. Hello, Yosra. Always nice to see you. I've just introduced you by accident. That's all right. (laughs) This week, defending one of her favourite films, Yosra Osman. Yosra, thanks for being here. Thank you very, very much. Uh, Defending, right, I feel like I'm on trial, but I'll give it my best shot. So this month, I decided to go for Jordan Peele's 2017 dark horror comedy, Get Out, which... I actually first watched it a few months after it came out in the cinemas because I am not a great fan of horror and I was a little bit scared, but actually didn't need to be. Well, not in that way anyway. So this this film, it daringly tackles racial politics and it's pretty scathing. What started out as a commentary on liberal America and so-called benevolent racism, the idea came to Peel's head during Obama v. Clinton way back in 2008, became a stark instrument for fears arising from the horrifying dawn of a new president. Of course, I am talking about Trump not Biden because of the time. 
Ooh. Yes, I know, I know. But we just to put a little context there. Ooh, bringing him up. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> the story we have seen before, but this is no guess who's coming to dinner. Daniel Kalia plays a young black man, Chris, who is taken by girlfriend Rose, played by Alison Williams, to meet the parents. After some initial concerns about how they would react to his race, parents Dean and Missy initially seem perfectly nice enough, if a little overly enthusiastic on some topics father dean famously saying i would have voted for mr obama for a third term quite indulgently but then things all get pretty damn weird there are some strange encounters with many of the estate's residents including black staff who seem distant almost robotic and the overly polite but offensively ignorant family friends What's more, journeys start coming into the sunken place, as it's called, from hypnotherapy. It is definitely more than just the casual racism Chris first experiences. It actually turns out that he's being groomed. He's a victim of mind control in which these liberal white Americans, so-called liberal white Americans, are taking over the bodies of black Americans and forcing them into a perpetual state of double consciousness. So Get Out was filmed in just 23 days and with a small budget of 4.5 million. But the impact was unprecedented. The subject of socio-political commentary and a surprise Best Picture nominee, the film is still seen as powerfully provocative, revolutionary in the world of horror films and films that tackle race. I think the sheer brilliance of it comes in the fact that it's not the blatant, hostile, cross-burning racism that fills us with fear, but this elusive, casual understated racism that turns into something altogether quite terrifying it's pretty radical it's pretty surreal but Peel's directorial debut plays on a particular horror about the invasion of our own personal space and our consciousness with malevolent colonizing intent and it does it all with a pretty sharp sense of humor now I've just gone on about what the film's about and I actually feel bad because one of the first things I was going to ask you two about was when you first saw it, did you know much about it? Because I think it's kind of better to go in blind to this film. Yes, I had read quite a lot about it. That's kind of the nature of this job. I mean, I did know who Peel was, so I was expecting more comedy, less horror than perhaps you were. Horror isn't something that would put me off watching something. So yes, I did know what it was about. But I think almost immediately when you start watching it, you know something's up don't know what's up but something's up yeah I knew a bit about it because as you say the nature of this job Hannah I think in fact yours I knew about it I think you did a maybe a thing about the things to watch at the cinema for us yeah it was you you ruined it Yosra you did sorry I've just I've just gone against everything that I've said I didn't um I didn't know like the I didn't know like the intricate kind of details of it I didn't realize that it was I I I knew that it was meant to be like a, a sort of commentary on white liberal America I knew that and I knew that it was like a sort of a sort of horror I didn't know anything about Jordan Peele so I didn't have any sort of expectations in that respect I think I would have I didn't watch it until a few years later and I wouldn't have watched it because I really am not a fan of the horror genre. And so I know that I would have talked to a lot of people about it before I watched it and sort of been like, uh, is it gross? Will it scare me kind of thing? So I did know quite a lot about it. Can I add something and say, I think we should probably specify it's white middle class liberal America. Yes. Really, really clearly. You always rely on you, Hannah, for that kind of commentary. <laughs> yeah, that is true. Good point. But speaking of the genre, because 
Jen, you're not a massive fan of horror. I'm not a massive fan of horror. So I don't have much, despite my love of film, in the way of comparing it in terms of genre. But Hannah, you seem to be a bit more of a fan. How does it work as a horror? Because that, to me, it seems like Peel is sort of subverting some of... Mm some of the traditional horror tropes let's say i'm not a huge fan of horror but if i like the premise of something the fact that it is horror wouldn't put me off it is probably the best way to describe it so there are certain things that i absolutely love that happen to be horrors the tv series the terror which is actually a historical drama is technically a horror but i i wouldn't class it as that i would class it first and foremost as a historical drama and Mm -hmm. i think actually Get Out, I would class as a satire before I would class it as a horror. His yeah. second film is way more horror. It unnerved me more, it unsettled me more from that point of view. It had more more jumps, more yeah. sort of traditional horror yeah. stuff. I think this sort of thrives in the, the area of, well, I can only call, come on, come on! Like when he's when he's trying to get Rose to find those keys, which is sort of anxiety as opposed to horror. It really mm. pushes those buttons. Mm. Yeah, I think it's more of a psychological yeah kind of thing, isn't it? I don't I don't think it's um but I guess that's the point, isn't it? Is that a lot of the time when one is experiencing, you know, microaggressions, I guess is like or or, or sort of like mm-hmm. an insidious kind of discrimination or whatever I guess that's the point isn't it is that it's the questioning it's the like oh am I making this up is this a thing is that I I, I suppose that's what he's trying to do right Mm -hmm. yeah it's definitely you know um Hannah you mentioned us there which is more traditional kind of jump scare horror this is I think I agree it's more psychological my experience as a black woman watching it and that kind of that that you feel uncomfortable pretty much from when he first gets there even though nothing that terrible has terrible has happened it's just meeting the parents and they make those comments I think all black people know it you you often just sit there and you smile and nod and you're just like yeah 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 even though they're saying some you know woefully ignorant we've all been through it and I think I mean not saying that only black people would feel uncomfortable watching Mm. that that's not what I mean but there's a certain recognition that I had watching it and that kind of adds to the sense of dread whereas you said before Hannah you just know something's going to go down there are a lot of unsettling bits and like you know that even the the scenes where we really get into the action where he is in that chair and you see the tears coming down and that's now such a famous image and it's been used in memes on social media and all sorts but that's you know watching it again for the I don't know fifth time earlier this week I was like that is still this is pretty dark shit and it is scary if not sort of jump scary. Catherine Keener in this just her tapping it's almost like you're hypnotized by her because just her tapping that I'm just like, I want to get in the telly and punch her out. <laughs> That's happened. <laughs> it starts to have an effect on you because it's what she's using to control him. But she's using it in such a, well, I suppose passive aggressive or whatever you want to call it, fashion. At that point, she hasn't tied him up. She hasn't done anything to him. Yeah. But you know that she is fucking with him. And it makes you increasingly angry. Yeah, it's kind of more understated yeah. than Jeremy, the brother, for example, who from when you first meet him, you can tell he's a he's not yeah he's a dickhead yeah exactly what i would say about this film is this film is extraordinarily well cast like absolutely yeah. brilliantly well cast and he is a great example of that because it's i i, I think it's just before or it's just after but i certainly saw get out after i saw three billboards outside yeah. ebbing missouri in which 
he basically plays a really similar character. So it actually creates this sort of shortcut. And speaking of the cast, obviously it was quite a standout role for Daniel Kaluuya and who's now gone on to do so many different things and considering he started out in well the first thing I ever saw him in was when I watched Skins the first the first volume of Skins back in the day and now you see people like him Dev Patel Nicholas Holt and others doing Mm -hmm. so so well but there are you know there's a wealth of really good performances. I mean man what other film could have both Stephen Root and Lakeith Stanfield in it I don't know I mean, they are both genuinely brilliant. In fact, I think Stephen Root's probably the best character actor America's got. And he's so perfect for this. But also, um, what's he called? Bradley Whitfield? Is that his name? Who's the dad? Is that his name? Yeah, Bradley Whitford. Sorry. Yeah. Whitford. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Also, absolutely perfectly cast. He comes from the, um, from the West Wing. So he's got that sort of exactly liberal, you know, America, like white liberal America vibe about him. And just thinking, I was just remembering the cast and you've got people like Lil Rel Howery provides quite a lot of the comic effects. And it just reminded me to ask you both, because when I first introduced this, I I called it a dark horror comedy. And Hannah, you talked about it being a satire. Does the comedy work well mixed in with everything else to the both of you? Did you find it funny in any way? Actually, that's the first starting question. It is funny. I think it it is funny. And I think because you have to, I don't know, obviously I am white middle class liberal uk like do you know like british so you know so sim- similar kind of vibe but like i mean not as the characters in this just to be clear on that but um <laughs> but like you know you, it is funny because you i think you have to watch it and and sort of you know you, you watch it and my mum said to me oh, i feel i watched it with my mum last night and she was like oh it's made me feel very uncomfortable it's like it's supposed to make you feel uncomfortable it's yeah. supposed mm-hmm. to make you i think if you are you know, white, middle-class, liberal. It's supposed to make you think, Am I, uh, is that me? <laughs> oh, God, it's like, uh, have I done that? Am I that person? And it is uncomfortable, but it is, you know, it is funny as well. I do think that it's, you know, the kind of double standards. And, it, yeah, I think it is, as Hannah said, satirical, and I do think that the comedy works. I actually think the sort of proper horror bit at the end... Mm-hmm doesn't work so well for me and that might just be because I'm a bit of a squeamish squeamer basically for want of better words and um, but uh yeah but probably Hannah you might want to talk about the comedy first before I wang on about that it does work and I think even now if you look at say for example Twitter um you get a lot of conversations by what I would probably call the media class of America you know, that idea that they talk about race all the time, but they're only talking amongst themselves. So yeah. what does that conversation inevitably produce? Self-righteousness, I suppose. That's what this is poking at. And it still it still happens now. You get people who, who say, I've read White Fragility, or even worse than tell you they've read White Fragility, they don't read it. They just buy it and put it on their shelves so other people can see that they own it. I think, sadly, the people that perhaps were supposed to think a bit more about themselves after watching Get Out, that hasn't necessarily worked. But it's definitely funny. But Peel is funny. The background he comes from is funny. I mean, there's no two ways about it. Yeah. Yeah. And Jen, you were saying then that the, the last act of the film where it does fall into that kind of traditional horror... It, that that really, kind of lost its way, maybe. 
Yeah, for me it does, but that might just be because, as I said, I'm not a fan of the genre and I am incredibly, incredibly squeamish. And I can see why he's done it, because obviously the point is, you know, there is like a horror element to it and I, I totally understand why he's done it. But for me, I was just a bit like, it alienated me massively because right. I was just like, I can't engage with this anymore because it's too gross for me. And I wonder how many people there are that, I don't know, the, the horror then becomes about like the horror, as it were, rather than like the actual issue. Does is that, that, is that not though kind of the point? I'm not saying it is the point, but there's a possibility that what Peel is saying here is there's a point where we're on board with it and then there's a point where we want to look away. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I think that's a good point raised, actually. Maybe, but it did make me want to look away. (laughs) (laughs) But that was a point where I was like, I can't do this anymore. I felt a bit like, well, you've, you've lost me here and I don't want to be lost. I actually think this film makes its most vital point at that moment. When she's come after him and he shot her and the car pulls up, the first time that that happens, you think, oh man, I hope this is his friend. And I will say, actually, it's his friend that brings a shitload of the comedy. That's where a lot of the comedy lies. And you think, I hope it's his friend. I really hope you're in your first viewing. In your second viewing, or for me, in your second viewing, when that car pulls up and she starts to say, help me. I had noticed the first time, but it wasn't until the second time I watched it. That, you know, she's about, if this is a white cop that's about to get out of this car, she's about to pull some terrible shit. Made me so furious. Yeah. Now my brain knew that he was safe because I'd watched it the first time. My brain had more time to look at that moment of what she was about to pull there and how fucking horrifying it is. Well, that that, I got that from the first time I watched it because I just thought, gosh, the police are coming. And it it actually um, goes full circle from that first bit Mm -hmm. where she hits the deer and the police officer comes and asks for his ID and his driving licence and she has to stand up for him. It's actually going around in a circle and it's kind of neatly, neatly done. In terms of that kind of more horrifying ending for me it it worked just because I felt throughout the whole film there was a crescendo happening Mm. of and and I was expecting to see some kind of big finale that would probably get into the violence that I sort of imagined when I first watching it would would happen because what what happens to Chris and those other black characters is so horrible they're essentially you know their bodies are being fetishized and it's even worse that they're being taken over Mm. like you feel like something horrible's got to happen to to stop this so it for me it was it was expected but I can see how it completely it changes the dynamic from perhaps the rest of the rest of the film Mm -hmm. also just to be clear I don't mean the bit at the end the end the end I mean the bit like leading up to that I mean like all of the kind of like the final act the final yeah yeah and the and the yeah it just and again it might just be because I can't really handle that kind of those kind of visuals they just don't work for me. Can I say something about this, Yosra, about how my repeated viewings have been? Yeah. So I watched it the first time and I thought it was brilliant, like genuinely brilliant. And of course, you do watch things differently the more times you watch them. So the first time, you're like, something's up here, so there's two tiers to it. When am I going to work out what this is? When is he going to work out what this is? And is he going to get away safely? And that's what your sort of concern is. 
So you watch it a second time and those concerns are removed. So you get to watch it on a much more, like, really enjoy, like I say, that exquisite casting that's just amazing. And enjoy it on a satirical level more, sort of, and see more bits in it. And like I say, get furious about bits where you were distracted by being worried about him and get more furious about things. I have to say on a third viewing, parts of it started to look a bit thin. And that's not to say that it's a bad film. It's to say that perhaps it's not a film that, for me, bears repeat viewing. Because on a third viewing, all of my questions were about Rose and how Rose's motivations aren't particularly well sketched out. And that is a fault of the way that it's structured because we need it, we need to have the wall pulled over our eyes by Rose for as long as humanly possible to make the payoff work. Mm. So suddenly Rose transforms... It's from, a little bit simplistic. Yeah, and yeah. and particularly when Stephen Root actually specifically says, compares her methods to her brother's methods. Mm-hmm. And I think, yeah, why does Rose do this? Not why does Rose do this? Because I, I, I suppose that's wrapped up in the whole family of racists business. But why does Rose do it the way that she does it? Mm-hmm. What does she get out of it? And mm-hmm. when when it's dangerous and it's... It's sort of contrary to to what her opinions on black men are. So I I just I just think she's slightly thinly sketched. And if I watch it again, that mm. might be the sort of thing that would start to come to irritate me. Even right. though that I think not, the film itself is brilliant. Is that not maybe making a point about fetishization. I mean, yes, it, yes, it does, but it just means that Rose doesn't really have any character. She's a bit of a cipher in this, and given that she's the main female character, she is largely just a cipher for yeah. racism. So, what are the brothers? Is the brother sorry? Because the whole scene at the beginning, where Lakeith Stanfield gets like sort of captured, basically, I don't remember seeing that the first time I watched it. So I was a bit like, "What was this? I don't remember this at all." So, is that her brother? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. And actually, you could argue that that's a more humane way of doing it than the way she's doing it. I think she is sort of a tool for her family. That's the, mm. that's the sense that I got, which is, mm. which is not arguing with your point, Hannah, at all. It is a bit thinly sketched. But my understanding is that she's sort of been, her family have taught her to do this. She kind of, you know, she is fetishising there. And mm. I think that's very clear at the scene where he finds the photos and he just keeps looking and it's like, mm. oh. and the scene where she's on the laptop actually looking up her next victim. Mm. Um, but it, I feel like she's been she's been swayed by her family and she's essentially just a tool for them to do what they want to do. That's the sense that I got from yeah. her. Yeah, really. me too. Okay, so do we... Oh, such a simple question. Do we like it as a film? Is it a good recommendation? I, I definitely, yeah. I think it's brilliant. I think, like I say, any film that's worth watching once is worth watching twice. And uh, this is definitely worth watching twice. I don't know if I would watch it again... Mm-hmm. And get the same the same thing out of it. But if you've never if you've never seen it before, what the fuck are you playing at? Because it's brilliant. I, I yeah, I wouldn't go as far as that. I mean, again, it's not it's not the kind of film that I particularly enjoy. But for a lot of the stuff that that happens, I am a massive wuss when it comes to to gore and also like sometimes the psychological stuff as well. So with that caveat, I do think it's a really good film. I think it, it's done. I think it's done really well. I have to. To say I didn't enjoy it as much on the second watch mm. as I did on the first watch. Maybe that's because when you first watch it, there's a lot to discover, and when you mm. watch it the second time, you kind of you know 
where this is going so maybe that that influences your experience i mean i've watched it a few times and i I do find something different every time but i don't think i'll be watching it you know frequently um and actually we don't have to because yeah. jordan peele's got a new film coming out this year anyway it's called nope so and it, i think it's got daniel clear again so there you go and he i think this really shows you know his prowess as a as a horror director i mean i will say clear is so brilliant in this you were saying about seeing him in skins i hadn't seen him in anything other than psychophil in which he plays uh, Steve Pemberton's oh, yeah. uh, court-appointed carer or whatever. And yeah, he's brilliant in that. So to go to this and actually sustain it, that's incredible. Yeah, good for him because he is brilliant in that. Those two tears are just amazing. amazing. I think he's a great actor and it is, uh, it's a really good performance. And I think he is, in everything I've seen in any way, consistently good. So, And also, I think his accent's very good. Just throw that out there. His American accent? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, going from posh Kenneth to that American accent, you know, pretty good in itself. So that that that's me, and that's my film. Get out. Yeah, good I choice. I didn't make it. Not my film as in I made it, of course. My my choice. <laughs> the second one, Eosra, did you like that? Us, I really yeah. liked it. I do agree with you that it's different and that it it is more traditionally um, in that horror genre. But I, I actually did go to see that in the cinema and I took I took what I call my babysitters with me because I, I can't see horror films alone. <laughs> and they, all of them, really, really enjoyed it. I think it was a great experience to watch it. And I love Lupita Nyong'o, so I'll watch anything with her in. Don't watch it, Jen. I yeah, Jen. It. And <laughs> Don't to watch be clear, it. me and my mum had to watch an episode of The Repair Shop after this last night, so uh, before we went to bed. To, uh... <laughs> Calm the nerves a little yeah, bit and exactly. just get back to normal. <laughs> okay, so next month, it is my pick. You won't be here, Jet, and um, I won't, no. no, it'll be Mickey back again. And I thought we could go for a ride on the rubber dinghy rapids and watch Four Lions. Oh, oh, yeah. wow, yes. <laughs> Standard issue for all women.